Welcome to the one and only Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the Fantasy Injury Team here to help and guide you through the many injuries of the NFL season. When will these players return? How will they perform? How will they impact your fantasy rosters as you guys try to make your playoff run into glory this fantasy football season? Tom Christ, the doctor of physical therapy, he's here with us to provide us with some awesome information. What's going on, Tom? Not much. Another good day. Um, man, This there's a theme to today's show for sure, and it's guys that throw the ball. They just lining up with injuries at the quarterback position. So um, ready to break them down and let everyone know what to expect. Let's do it. Let's go for a lot of pass throwers for sure. A lot of other significant injuries as well, especially getting into the nitty gritty of the season here, Tom, going into week nine. Hard to believe how many weeks now there's 17, 18 weeks now, right? We're almost halfway through be halfway through after this and, it's time to make that run, guys. I mean, I'm I'm struggling a little bit, Tom, but I got some teams. I'm poised to make a run at glory here, but now feels like that stretch, man. There's going to be more bye weeks coming up. It's going to be tough, but we got to pan through these injuries, and Tom really is the best at it, continues to work extremely hard for you and for all of us. So once again, let's pick Tom's brain. We are going to start with a pretty unfortunate injury. Of course, all of these are, but Kirk Cousins, Achilles surgery, you know, the good news, I guess, is I saw a couple pictures of him in the hospital. Surgery went well, but Tom sounds like he's going to miss the season, obviously. But going forward, what else is going on? What do you have for Kirk Cousins? Uh, just a heartbreaker because he was having the best season of his career and was absolutely critical in Jordan Addison's rookie year breakout. And, and he's getting pretty close to getting Justin Jefferson back. And that team was starting to win. They're, what, four and four now. Yep. He, um, we knew that pretty much right right when we got a good video of the shot we could see the calf muscle retracting just like Aaron Rodgers did um so we knew that this was a season ender from there and he underwent surgery today i believe um or yesterday and everything went well but again i mean it's not from from what i hear from my surgeon friends it's not a very hard surgery to do it's just a very debilitating rehab and what I felt was interesting was we know that Rogers had the surgery with the internal brace, which has allowed him to, as we can see, really speed up the aggression on his rehab. Um, I don't know if that's the surgery cousins had, but it, he had a different surgeon. I know that much. And with the surgery that Rogers had, it's, it's pretty newer. So it's unlikely that there's a ton of surgeons that are trained in that. So we'll, we, it remains to be seen if Cousins had that internal brace surgery as well. I'm sure they'll tell us at some point if he did or didn't. But either way, it's a season ender. And what's really critical for Cousins is that it's his right Achilles. So as a right-handed quarterback, he pushes off that right foot with a lot of stress going through that Achilles to generate power. So while 10 months from now is when week one starts next season, he can definitely have a chance to be ready. I wouldn't be surprised if his full throw power is not there. The uh, medical research says that 
on average a year after surgery. So for cousins, that would be week eight of next year. People are still lacking 10 to 30% of strength in that affected leg. So we could see Cousins struggle early next season, even if he is ready to go week one. Are you worried at all about age? So looking into this here, you know, Kirk Cousins, 35, not sure when he turns 36. And looking at even the guys that are even still around that are older than him in the league, there's not many, man. Rodgers is, I think, 38, 39. I don't know if Chad Henney's still in the league. Is he still Kansas City's backup? I don't know if he retired. Retired. Okay. Andy Dalton, is he still a backup? Yeah, Carolina. <laughs> I'm looking at names, and I don't see anybody older than him except those guys I mentioned. This is a list from last year. There's guys like Colt McCoy on here, Chase Daniel, Brian Hoyer. But age, Tom, I mean, do you think he's going to get back to his, his self next year? Well, like I just said, even – Age aside, a right, year, right, right. year post surgery, people are still lacking strength, and this is his push off leg. And being thirty five, going to be thirty six at some point, that doesn't help his recovery. So yeah, it's definitely a concern. All right, definitely tough news, and and still with the Vikings being four and four, very much still in the playoff hunt. Last week when he went down, Jaron Hall stepped in, rookie out of BYU. Tom, he was my boy Puka Nakua's college uh, college quarterback at a BYU there. But they did just with the news, they just acquired Josh Dobbs. With I think for a team like the Vikings, it's perfect. It makes total sense. Got Dobbs from the Cardinals for a six-round pick. Now, O'Connell had a whole huge pref, you know, press conference, came out, talked about a, a lot of things. Hall will start, but they are going to push. You know, They're hoping that he plays well, but they're going to push for Dobbs also to be ready um, at that point. And you know, if you're looking for some replacements out there just this week in general, I like Tom's boy Minshew, averaging 21 points the last two games. Plays a struggling Panthers team, you know, just if you're looking for a replacement. Because, by the way, Kirk Cousins was, Tom, he was having a really good year. QB6 in fantasy, 19.1 points per game. But if you're looking short-term, I do like Minshew. Also kind of like Sam Howell this week, just for his consistency. Plays the Pats middling defense, just got obliterated by the Dolphins. I mean, who doesn't? But, again, tough news for Kirk Cousins and even for Addison and the return of of Justin Jefferson, but I do feel like they're in safe enough hands with Dobbs here going forward. If he does, uh, you know, come to the top and beat out Jaron Hall. All right. On to another one, Tom guys, tough as nails and, and almost on every injury show as well, but Matthew Stafford UCL sprain in his right thumb. What is that all about? Well, that's a key ligament in the stability of the thumb. So the good news here is that McVay said today that he's not even a candidate for IR, which means he's not a candidate for surgery, which means it's not that significant of a sprain to where it would create some major instability. Now, the key for him is, in that case, is going to be to get the pain and the swelling down and to regain the grip strength. It's not too different than Justin Fields' injury. Just Stafford seems less severe than Fields' injury. So um, with how tough Rod or I'm sorry, Stafford is, I wouldn't even be surprised if he finds a way to play this week. He didn't practice today, but I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a play to a way to play this week. If not this week, probably next week. And uh, but we could see a little bit of an accuracy issue if he can't grip the ball properly. But the toughest guy at the quarterback position in a long time. So I wouldn't expect him to be out very long. He is tough as nails. This guy's played through everything. You're right, Tom. And I'm just going to double check here. I believe 
let's see. Yeah, the Rams do have a bye in week 10. So again, you know, I don't think they sit him this week, especially according to what you said, but we will see. And that will at least give him a little bit of extra time for rest. But would be Brett Rippon if he cannot go. Uh, if Stafford can't go, the Rams are expected to sign John Wolford, I saw, to their practice squad just in case. And, and Ripon hasn't been great. So I am worried if Stafford doesn't play about the weapons, of course, like Cup and Nakua. Ripon only 820 career passing yards, four touchdowns, eight interceptions. And Tom, you nailed it. We know Stafford is tough, but I think this would be, if he cannot go this week, it would be a really, really big hit to Cup and to Nakua. But I think you have to play those guys anyway. I don't think there's a world where you sit them. Stafford, from a fantasy perspective, I don't even think he's been startable. QB 18 right now, averaging only 14 a game. Rams play the Packers this week in a matchup of bad versus worse, we'll call it. Uh, combined records of 5 and 10. Game totals real low, only third nine and a half. Packers also sneakily 11th ranked in passing yards allowed. Uh, however, they did just get beat pretty bad by Osborne, Addison, Hawkinson. All in all, I would be a little worried about Cup and Nakua and some of these weapons, but you know, maybe they don't have that elite upside this week if Stafford doesn't play. Uh, but you know, it seems like he is going to play, and and even if he is hampered a little bit by this injury, still got to play those guys. All righty, it's on to the tragic and sad New York Giants because we got to talk about Daniel Jones with a neck injury. And Tyrod Taylor, who sucks, he got rushed to the hospital. Now he's been discharged, but he had a rib cage, a cage injury. What's up with the New York uh, pass throwers, Tom? Jones looks like he's ready to go this week. They just told us recently that he's actually been dealing with a cervical disc injury that was uh, impinging on the nerve, leading to weakness in his arm. So what happens there is with the type of weakness he was experiencing is something called myotomal weakness, where it's not that the muscle has lost strength, but the signal, the nerve signal to the muscle has been compromised, in this case, secondary to the disc material pushing on it. So what happens there is the nerve needs to be able to breathe a little bit better, needs to get what we call offloaded in order for that strength to return. And sometimes we can see it return like really quickly. In his case, it was a couple of weeks, which is a pretty uh, typical time frame for a, a not overly severe disc injury. If it was really severe, a lot of times they end up needing surgery. In his case, that's not the case. So he looks good to go now. And also, this was the left side. This was his left arm that was affected, not the right one. Not going to impact his throwing at all. However, he's still going to be at a heightened risk for re-injury, definitely. Um, I mean, his, this injury was only three or four weeks ago, so there's still a lot of healing that has to take place. The Giants are going to really need to protect him which I don't think they're very good at, but they're going <laughs> to. They're going to try, though, Tom. Well, yeah. actually, I don't even know if they are going to try, but sure. Okay. They're, they're going to they're gonna try to try. There you go. Okay. So, uh, but from a pure, if he doesn't get injured again standpoint, you can expect typical Daniel Jones, not a dip in his production from this injury, but uh, definitely a high re-injury risk that could be pretty bad if, if he gets hurt again. Now, Tyrod, on the other hand, they with this type of injury, if they send him to the hospital, it's because they're either concerned of uh, something called a pneumothorax or a collapsed lung, which can occur from a significant rib injury or internal bleeding. So that's why they took him there. That's why they wanted to monitor him overnight. 
everything was fine. So he was discharged. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a fracture that they just haven't told us about. Sometimes with rib fractures, they don't present or they don't show up on the x-ray right away until about a week or two later. So, uh, but that that's purely just based off the fact that he had to go to the hospital. It's probably more significant than just a bruise. So we'll see how he does throughout the week, but not really fantasy relevant because Jones is going to be starting anyway. Yeah, not fantasy relevant, not even real life relevant at this point, but that's a really good analysis. Thanks for that, Tom. And it was, did you watch the game on on Sunday, the one o'clock Jets Giants game? Well, I had the Eagles on one game, red zone on the, or one one screen, red zone on the other. So that tells me you saw precisely 21 seconds, probably on red zone of this game. What? I saw Brees Hall's touchdown. That was about it. Yeah, he didn't even have a good game. He was like 11 carries for 17 yards or something. At least he scored. But, Tom, we did nail when we talked about last week the number of punts because, my gosh, (laughs) this game, first off, the Giants are just one of the biggest tragedies in recent sports history. They, My friends were all talking about it, how they out-jetted the Jets. They did what the Jets normally do against the Jets, just suck and blow it in every way that they could. 11 punts for the Jets, 13 punts for the Giants, 24 total punts. That's the most in 20 years. And speaking of records, I, I got into this and looked up looked it up a little bit. So the Giants amassed a total of seven passing yards in this game. Yeah. Seven passing yards. Yeah, they refused to throw it in the second half. Pathetic. Tommy DeVito, nothing against him. They barely even gave him a chance to throw. Barkley had something like 40 touches. It was absolutely ridiculous. But I, I looked further into this. There's been, since the start of the NFL, 15,800 football games. It's a lot of damn football games, right? About, we'll call it almost 16,000. Okay? The Giants were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. The Giants were ninth worst all time out of those almost 16,000 games with their total of eight. <laughs> eight. <laughs> That's so funny. Passing yards. You, there got, was... you got to think back in the day, they didn't even like throw the ball, really. <laughs> they just ran the wing tee or the wishbone all day long. Uh, like a high school offense. Absolutely. So, I mean, we'll move on from this in a second, but this is insane. Uh, October 18th, 2009, I would love to, we would probably know a good amount of the people in that game. The Titans threw for a total of negative seven yards. That's the all time worst. Game. Oh my! You had the Titans go two completions, uh, on 14 attempts for negative seven yards and the Redskins in 1955, the Broncos in 66. Give me a break. The list goes on and on here, but I don't see anything except for 2009 and 2023 as anywhere even near recent history. Oh, one more last one. One more recent one. You had the Broncos in 2020. Oh, that's when their receiver had to play quarterback throw for 13 yards. Yeah. I don't, I would all their quarterbacks had COVID. Oh, that's right. That literally two. Okay. Yep. What a a quarter a receiver played quarterback and, uh, Oh shoot. What was his name? I can't remember, but, it was like they didn't have a chance. They had no chance whatsoever. And the receiver had more passing yards than the entire Giants team. Great. Yep. I think Great he had, to hear that. He had one completion. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all you need to get eight yards in the NFL. It's absurd, man. And this week, the Giants, uh, under somehow the Raiders stink. They just fired their coach. 
uh, and somehow the Giants are still underdogs this week to them with another gross total. So fantasy-wise, we'll talk about Waller in a little bit. You have to play Barkley just off volume. But after him and maybe, I mean, Waller even comes into question now just with this offense and how the, their lack of ability to move the ball. But you're not really starting anybody else except maybe Waller and Barkley. But the Giants, hopefully better days in the future, maybe a good draft pick. Next guy up, Tom, still the king, still the king. Even though he's RB12 this year, still solid, averaging about 14 points per game, half-point PPR. Derrick Henry we're talking about has an ankle injury. I actually thought he was going to be traded, but I guess not. Trade deadline has come and gone. What do you got on Derrick Henry? He's off the injury report. Good to go tomorrow night. Um, you can ride him as you normally would. The rookie quarterback starting, he'll probably get a lot of touches. All right. Sounds good. Will Levis looking pretty damn good. Pepper in a guy we're going to talk about in a minute, DeAndre Hopkins. But Will Levis, all right, man. 19 for 29, four touchdowns. And Derrick Henry, man, still a serviceable high-end RB2, maybe a low-end RB1. You know, he's in that RB1 mix. Again, just a guy based off volume, but still not breaking down. Had over 100 yards this past week, I believe. Um, you know, still the king. But but Spears is a guy, 100%, especially Dynasty, Spears is a guy that that should be looked at with a, a rose color, colored sunglasses, I guess, so to say, and, and positively. But I think even in redraft, Spears is a guy that is involved and should be rostered. Should anything happen to Henry, won't be traded at this point. But just in case, you know, that day does come. All right. On to receivers. Let's actually skip. We'll, we'll do Puka next, but let's go stick with the same team, Tom. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Toe injury had a hell of a game, but. Short turnaround. They play tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen. What's up with D-Hop? Really quick turnaround. And here's what we know. He had a limited practice Tuesday, followed by not practicing today. This guy has been in the league for a long time. He's missed a lot of practices, and he's played in a lot of games, and he's played very well in a lot of games. He simply doesn't need to practice. We haven't gotten any reports that this is a major toe injury. They've been kind of quiet on it. And the fact that he practiced in some capacity Tuesday makes me optimistic about this. Um, we've Yes, toe injuries can be bad. They absolutely can be if they are moderate or severe severity. If they're mild, they're usually not that bad. And once the player gets warmed up, it feels fine. This year, we've seen Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Amon Ross St. Brown all have toe injuries and it not affect their game whatsoever. Sure, Ridley, his his numbers haven't been great, but he's getting open. He's just dropping touchdowns. McLaurin, he's been hit or miss. That's how he's always been. And he's with the second-year quarterback, like there's not going to be consistency there most of the time. These right. guys have not been limited by toe injuries. From everything I'm seeing so far with Hopkins, I don't think he's going to be limited either. Now, as people listen to this on Thursday, right before the game, make sure that you check in on the reports the hour or two before the game, because that's where the key information is going to come. That's where we'll know, is it a situation where he's questionable, but he's going to warm up and see how he feels or, or whatever. They, or maybe they'll tell us he's on limited snaps. Then you start to make some decisions on if you're going to start him or not. But based off how Levis was peppering him the oh, other yeah. day, and he, like this guy has so many times in his career, he's not practiced and then gone out and played well. Yeah. At this time, Wednesday night, I'm I think he's gonna be fine. But of course we gotta check in again tomorrow before the game. All right, we gotta stay frosty on Hopkins and 
Tom, aside from learning about his injury and now I'm not worried about him, my biggest takeaway was your quote there. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, he simply doesn't need to practice. <laughs> That's a good one. I sure. love it. Allen uh, Iverson would be proud. <laughs> practice. Now, diving a little bit further into Hopkins, who's had a, an epic NFL career. What a stud. What a guy. He's still going. He's had a very interesting game log this year. So he had the one huge game last week. I mean, only four catches. Nonetheless, 128 yards and three touchdowns. So he had that huge game. He's had one good game, one decent game, and then four games that I just put as meh games where between those four meh or bad games, averaging just 5.8 points per game. So he is another guy that's hit or miss. Targets are not necessarily there, but it's because the offense has typically and probably still will run through Henry. But again, I just don't see a world where you're going to bench a superstar off an absurd, ridiculous fantasy game and NFL game itself with the three touchdowns. Even if he is limited, I still think I pulled the trigger on him. There's really no way I could sit him. Is a is probably going to be a low scoring game. I mean, that's kind of the story of the NFL season. I've never seen this many unders or low scores, but they do play Pittsburgh. Um, who last week Pittsburgh let up a lot of yardage to uh, Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Ridley Ingram, so on and so forth. But again, Hopkins, you know, Tom doesn't seem worried, and and I think if I have him, I'm pulling the trigger there. Just like I'm pulling the trigger on Puka Nakua. No matter what, play him. He's the best. Tom, give me good news about his knee swelling, I believe it is, right? Yeah, it doesn't sound like much. McVeigh is not concerned. Minor knee injuries can lead to quite a bit of swelling. The knee is a joint that just loves to swell. But as long as it's not a major injury, you can usually get that swelling down and under control pretty quickly with uh, ice, massage, rest, cycling, things like that. Um, so we'll keep monitoring him throughout the week, but right now I'm not concerned whatsoever about Puka himself. Uh, I stand a little bit differently than you. If Stafford doesn't play, I don't think I would start Puka. Um, you do have to start Cooper Cup, but I don't whoa, know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you nuts? No. You would sit, you would sit Puka Nakua. He's outscoring Cooper Cup in like the last many, many weeks. If Ripon is playing, I, I, I would see who else I have. I would. That doesn't make me feel good about myself. Puka, 15.3 points per game. Tom, he's wide receiver four. You would sit the wide receiver four who has been putting on a clinic this year. I understand. I understand he's been incredible. Why? But why? You just don't think Ripon can? No, you... I don't. So, so by that you're saying that you don't think that Puka Nakua is good. Stafford just no, likes him. That's not what I said. I said I don't think Ripon is going to be able to provide for him and Cooper Cup. And I think if he's going to pick one, it's going to be Cooper Cup. Wow. I got to put out a Twitter poll or something. It's it's got to it's tough like sit or play, but it's got to be like a this or that. I got to give you alternatives to Puka Nakua. Well, those of you guys out there with him, I am playing him. Me and Tom will have to make a friendly or not so friendly at this point wager on it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I get what you're saying, but I just love him. I can't sit him. Wide receiver four been real good. I get the concern. I don't think that elite upside is there like he's had i think after next week's bye he'll be back and hopefully stafford back fully uh but i'm in on nakua tom is a little bit concerned noted tom bring it on all right 
Next up is Drake London has a groin injury, currently wide receiver 34 on the year, averaging 9.4 half point PPR points per game. But the good news, Taylor Heineke has been named the starter. All hail Taylor Heineke, finally. But what can you tell us first about Drake London and his groin? That really is phenomenal news. Oh, As a Kyle Pitts owner, oh my goodness. Eula. <laughs> so London with the groin injury did not practice today. Receivers average missing one and a half games. And while the groin is a big strong, powerful muscle. It's not as highly involved in athletic motions as some other lower body muscles. So we actually see absolutely no dip in fantasy production when receivers return from this injury. That's a pretty good sample size too. So the question then is at receiver 34, he's kind of a fringe start anyway, but I do not believe that you need to factor in this injury in your decision-making for starting him, um, assuming that he plays this week, which We'll have to monitor throughout the week. He didn't practice today, so we'll see what he does on Thursday and Friday. Fair enough. So simply, you're not factoring this in. You're not really worried about it. Like, if you would have played Drake London, you probably play him. If you would have sat him, you Correct. basically sit him. Okay, very fair analysis. Taylor Heineke, really good to see. Freaking dumb, dumb Arthur Smith is now even more on the hot seat. Now, finally, Tom, on Twitter, seeing people saying he's on the hot seat. This man's had a toasty ass on the hot seat for, for months, as far as I'm concerned, man. Like, Heineke should have probably been their quarterback from, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. Guy came on last week looking okay. I'm not saying to start Taylor Heineke in fantasy. Slow. What would you tell me, Tom, a couple weeks ago? You said slow your horses or something. So slow your horses, everybody. Uh, but listen, the guy came in, went 12 for 21, 175 yards and a touchdown, 100.3 QBR, which is pretty good. Again, I think he should have been their starter a long time ago. Hopefully this does unlock Kyle Pitts a little bit more, which I strongly think that it will. Because listen, Heineke's a gunslinger. He can, he's not an elite quarterback, but he throws it. We saw that on the commanders. We saw that in other places he's been, he can throw the ball a little bit, right? So hopefully this does help Drake London. Um, you know, Bijan, Bijan has just been super efficient, but we got Arthur Smith back there, not giving him chances. Bijan last week, 11 for 62, which is 5.6 yards per carry. And hey, they gave him the ball in the red zone and he scored. What a freaking miracle. But of course, you got Arthur Smith still wanting to, to give Algier eight carries for 31 yards, measly 3.9 yards per carry. And my biggest takeaway from last week is... I don't know if you watched the game, Tom. Uh, the play wouldn't have been on red zone because actually maybe it was because they were in the red zone. Uh, the Falcons lined up Johnu Smith in the backfield, took Bijan out. So you had Johnu Smith in the backfield, and he rolled out and threw an ink. Johnu Smith threw an incomplete pass to their third tight end, Michael Pruitt. I did see that. <laughs> and Kyle Pitts, by the way, these all generational players, Pitts, London, <laughs> Bijan, don't get them involved. No, Kyle Pitts was in there to block. Unbelievable. I'm just, I root against the Falcons every way they can in every way that I can. But here's the thing. They should win this week, which is unfortunate because they get lucky again. They get their home against the Vikings with Jaron Hall at their quarterback. But if they don't win this week, I think Arthur Smith gets fired. And when he does... I will be live on YouTube, uh, shotgunning beers and celebrating in the streets with fireworks. That will be my 4th of July. Tom, you'll have to join me if that does happen. All right. Sounds like a fun party. Uh, I've been waiting for it to happen all year long. All right. 
We've got four left, and then, Tom, you've got some other guys you want to talk about. But Curtis Samuel, been sneaky in fantasy. Wide receiver, 40, 8.8 points per game. Left early, though, last week in week eight with a toe injury. So what can you tell us? Yes, he also did not practice today with that toe injury. Rivera downplaying the severity, saying it's soreness. So at this time, kind of like Hopkins, really not overly concerned. Again, I understand there's been plenty of players in the past who have really struggled with toe injuries. But there's also been plenty of players in the past who have not struggled. That said, with Samuel, the difference that I see with Samuel and Hopkins is just their their uh, their position as or their ranking as receivers. Like Hopkins has been elite his whole career. I understand this year he's not as elite, but he's still shown that he's got it in him. Samuel's always been a role player. So with that, I would expect him to see maybe more of a reduction in snaps secondary to the injury because he's He's their number three receiver. They don't need to rely on him. So when that's the case, the teams will typically give the player more uh, more rest, less snaps in, in the games when they return. So I know you said Samuel's kind of a, a fringe flex player. I would advise against playing him this week if he does suit up. Um, but I don't think at this time that this is a, a major injury. Okay, but kind of enough to tip the scale towards benching him just to, just enough. Okay. That's fair because he really is right on the fringe. He's been a guy that you could just kind of throw in if you have two flexes or even in like a PPR league average and just about nine a game, which won't kill you, but he has been Tom. You said that he's their wide receiver three, which is factual on paper, but I think this year they've been using him as, as an RB or excuse me, as a wide receiver too. He's been involved, um, you know, and last week, Commanders kept up with your boys with the Eagles. We had finally from this team our first productive game from Dotson, who if Samuel is out and only if Samuel is out, which doesn't seem like it, I would play Dotson this week. But otherwise, I am super nervous about him. Jamison Crowder got involved, of all people. Seven catches for 95 and a touchdown. You had Terry getting 12 targets and... The birds continue to cook. AJ Brown in that game, man, recorded his sixth straight game with a buck twenty-five, breaking Calvin Johnson's record. Pretty crazy, man. He's amazing. He's special, absolutely special. Would you play? Because I'm a little bit biased because I have Dotson and I've sat Dotson all year, Tom. And actually, excuse me, let me correct that. I've played him all year, sat him last week, and he goes off last week. What do I do with this man? What the heck do I do? With, can I play him this week? It depends on my options, but say I have him in like Joshua Palmer in my main league. What am I doing? I would probably go Palmer in that situation, but it's close. Yeah, it's a tough one. Whatever decision I make will be the wrong one. I subbed in Cam Akers for him last week who scored a touchdown, but Dotson outscored him by a good amount, and I took the loss because of that move. And as I was in the car making that move, Britt literally said, whatever you're thinking about, do the opposite. And I didn't. <laughs> Britt's always right. You got to listen to her. She's always right. Yeah. Also, shout out to my good friend, Jesse, who pushed me over the edge to make that decision, which gave me a loss. Love you, Jesse. And Tom, I love you too. Uh, next player is, we have three left, Kendrick Bourne, knee, and he is on the IR now. He's another guy, wide receiver, 28 this year, been sneaky, 10.2 points per game, but sounds like he is done for the year. He tore his ACL, so he is done for the year. His season is over. Hopefully, he can get surgery soon. 
We know sometimes these surgeries get delayed if there's too much swelling, thinking Saquon Barkley, um, I think even Kyler Murray, uh, Michael Gallup, their surgeries were all delayed about a month. And we got to remember the timeline for returning from an ACL, which is typically like nine months plus, that doesn't start the day of injury. That starts the day of surgery. So hopefully he can get in there as soon as possible. Uh, we know the factors that influence a player's readiness for week one the following year after ACL. Age is one. He's 28 now, so it's not working in his favor. It's not really working against his favor. It's really a push. Time, again, we, he hasn't had surgery yet. Hopefully he gets in there this week, in which case it would be about 10 months. Again, that's not that's enough to be ready, but it's like I would like a few more weeks, so that's kind of a push as well. By all reports, it's only an ACL tear, no other tissues involved. That's very much in his favor. And then lastly, is the, is are they a freak athlete or not? And like he's he's a nice athlete. I wouldn't say that he's different, built different though. So Unfortunately, I genuinely wonder if he'll ever be relevant for fantasy again. I could see him returning as like a wide receiver four on a team, maybe yeah. three on a bad receiving group. Yeah. But I don't but the age is the thing here. Like he's gonna be 29 next year. That's tough to come back from an ACL at that age. So and being a good, not great receiver his whole career. It's I, I genuinely wonder if he'll ever be relevant for fantasy again. Fair points. Tough to hear that. He, he's a guy that I think is rosterable on an NFL team, like you said. Got you know, good guy to have in a wide receiver room and and maybe at the end of your fantasy bench. But Tom, right now I'm looking at the Patriots depth chart. And guys, it's it's week nine, yes, but there's a lot of weeks left in the season and the ball has to go somewhere like Kendrick Bourne, like Mac Jones and the Patriots aren't very good, but they have to throw the ball somewhere. I, you know, this is kind of a, a cliche or not cliche, uh, you know, very basic take. Uh, the word is slipping me here. A lot of people, including myself, like Demario Douglas. I think he at, go check right now, guys, on your waivers, at least roster him, put him at the end of your bench. Saw seven targets with this opportunity, caught five of them. Because the rest of this room is just a bunch of like, I'm going to read you these names, Tom. Just the most like standard, mediocre wide receivers of all time. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jalen Rager, Kendrick Bourne, Farrow Brown, uh, Devontae Parker. Did I say Jalen Rager? I think I said that. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, Trey Nix, like... The ball's got to go somewhere. I'm not saying Demario Douglas is a stud, but you got to give him a look, pick him up. Even their tight ends, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, Farrow Brown. It's just like the most experienced team of all time. But again, ball's got to go to somebody. And, uh, you know, I do think it's going to be Douglas. And we wish the best for Bourne. Two guys left. Darren Waller, Tom, a hamstring injury. Um, you know, the Giants think I alluded to this before, how you probably have to play Waller, but... I saw that you can, I'll let you obviously talk about it, Tom, but he looked very pessimistic about it. Right. In his interview today, I saw. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't sound like he's going to play for a few weeks. So you're not playing him this week. Um, there's obviously a scale of how many games guys miss, but tight ends average missing 2.3 games. And just listening to what he was saying, like he's, he doesn't think he's going to be ready this week. This is the fifth hamstring injury of his career. He's missed a total of 17 games due to hamstring injuries. 
earlier this year. We know there's um, the rumblings about some of the nerve stuff going on, which like similar to Cooper Cup, which in, in my experience, I mean, that's going to cause a re-injury every time if that doesn't get cleared up. I don't know if that's still a problem for him, but if that is a problem, that could very much be why this happened. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have to sit him on your bench for a while, but you're not going to drop him because of the talent. And tight ends, actually, whenever they do return, they don't see a dip in fantasy production. So could he be productive in a few weeks? Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he's dealing with this again. He's uh, he's shown a couple decent games this season, but he's also had a lot of not good yeah. games this season. Like for all the hype that we had on him coming into the season, he's kind of kind of let you down in the fantasy world. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, you, you got to hold on to him, yeah. especially if you're uh, in playoff contention. Without a doubt. And he has been coming on a little bit. Hopefully he can come back within a couple weeks and, and at least help you on your run to a fantasy, you know, the playoffs or the championship. Good to see this last one. We have Kyler Murray, who is practicing practice fully today. How about that? What was he coming off? ACL? ACL. Is he playing this week? Is it going to be uh, who's their back? Clayton Toon? Is it going to be him? What's the deal there? They just got rid of Dobbs, obviously. Yeah, they haven't decided yet. So Kyler is now about 10 months out, which Again, it's, it's a reasonable time frame to play. We'd like more time, but that's definitely doable to play 10 months out. And I would expect near normal passing numbers at this point because quarterbacks generally don't struggle after an ACL, but he's a running quarterback. And we know the running back data shows a 35% dip in fantasy production in year one after the ACL. So while Kyler can definitely be expected to throw the ball well i would very much expect a drop in his rushing production his rushing numbers um i I just don't see him being fantasy relevant in a one qb league this year uh next year he should be totally back totally back and maybe in two qb leagues he could have some value this season but in one qb league i'm not chasing him I don't think I am either, especially with the cardinals being one and seven they go on the road this week to play the browns probably another loss there one positive from this team, Trey McBride. It was him in a starting role, right? Because Ertz, when did Ertz go down? Ertz. He was put on the IR either last week or the week before. Okay. Yeah, so McBride, I forget his exact exact numbers. I don't have them here, but really stood out. I think he had like nine, ten catches or targets, something like that. So he's a little sneaky tight end to pick up there, especially with guys like Waller down and some bye weeks. So check on Trey McBride. All right, that does it for our quote-unquote main players, but who are other guys that you're paying attention to, guys that you'll be tweeting about? I'm sure you'll be writing about them in your article. Uh, What do you got on some other guys? Yeah, article's out now, fantasyinjuryteam.com. Kenny Pickett is one playing Thursday night. He had the rib injury last week. He's cleared to play. He will play. But let's keep in mind that rib injuries can really limit throw power. Um, I'm I'm working on an uh, Instagram and TikTok video explaining this that should be out by the time you're listening to this. But we saw Justin Herbert struggle last year. We saw Aaron Rodgers struggle last year after rib injuries. I'm not expecting a huge game from Pickett. Deshaun Watson apparently practiced today and looked pretty good. We know the problem that he's having with that subscapularis muscle, which is one of the rotator cuff muscles. And it's the one of the rotator cuff muscles that's really responsible for helping drive the arm forward during the throwing motion. And that's why when he played the other week, he had no pop on his ball. He had no power. Reports today said that he looked pretty good. 
Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how that progresses throughout the week. Um, from the reports we had last week, I was really expecting him to miss several weeks. And I still think that it's not a lock that he plays this week, but we'll see how he does throughout the week. Travis Etienne uh, technically got injured last week, but returned and had a monster game. They have a bye week. I'm not expecting much issue there when he gets back from the bye. Gerald Everett, they they play Monday, so they I guess they're not practicing today on Wednesday, but he missed last week with a quad injury. Tight ends typically see an average decline of almost 20% fantasy production when they return from a quad injury. So we're trying to avoid starting him this week if we can. And then you put on here Desmond Ritter situation. And my, <laughs> my, my, my comment that I, the note that I put is who cares? <laughs> I mean, he had a concussion. I think that, and thank uh, you for all okay. those updates. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, he, no, he didn't have a concussion. He got, it was um, he right. Was, he, got cleared he came yeah. out and got whatever he was checked for the, okay yeah i just i guess i put that because i just always have to get my arthur smith slash falcons mentioned in here and get my gripes in there and I, I think this was like an excuse almost i don't know whatever but you should just start your own anti-arthur smith podcast right when he gets fired though this week i'm just gonna have to come up with a new i don't know I'm just going to do a figure it out podcast. It's just going to be all figure it outs. The whole, it's just me ranting for 25 minutes and that's it. It could be even on random. It doesn't even have to do with sports, Tom. It could be about the traffic I sat in today or why, I don't know, like whatever, just why Lola doesn't stop barking. Just figure it out, dog. Like, I don't know. We'll just make some fun things. <laughs> I'd listen. It, it would be fun. All right. Maybe in the off season, it'll be our, uh, it'll be my secondary podcast. All right. Let's go to our sleeper pick. So, guys, we're teaming up with Sleeper, our friends over there at sleeper.com, and use our promo code, guys, FIT. They will match $100 or up to $100 for you. So, sleeper.com slash promo slash fit for a $100 match. Check them out today. I am ice cold. Ice cold. I need help, man. I don't know what to do. I'm going to seek counseling or therapy or just new advice or new something. Started the year 3-0. and I have dropped five straight with my sleeper picks. It's been tough. I still take pride in my picks, guys. I'm not rushing anything. I'm still dedicating my ass to research. And uh, this gambling thing is tough. But I'm here. I'm going to keep working at this. I'm going to get back on track this week. I'm feeling it. Last week, I picked Pittman. I really liked it for over 58 yards. And he had an okay game, man. He had eight catches, had 13 targets, but only 40 yards. I'm just running into some bad luck. But again, he did not eclipse that 58 yards. So here I am on to week nine. This one, I, I, I feel special about this one. I feel really good about the Jalen Waddle over 66 and a half receiving yards this week. Um, he's going to be doing his Waddle like a penguin. The only reason I picked this is because Avery has been playing with this penguin doll. And no, I'm just kidding. That's not why. I actually wanted to take Tyreek this week, but it's just too expensive. It's 91 and a half yards for Tyreek. He's probably going to get it like he always does. But I wanted to take the discount here, so I took Jalen Waddle over 66 and a half. Here's the deal. Uh, they play a game against the Chiefs. Neutral site in Germany should be a fun one. I think it's 9.30 on Sunday morning. Highest total of the week. So the points are going to be flowing like German Pilsners and Schnitzels and whatever the hell else they have over there. A lot of points coming up. So cultural, Joe. Thanks, man. Schnitzels and shit. That's what That'll be my quote of the day. Uh, listen, Chiefs are tough defensively. I get it. A really good pass defense. Legereus Sneed or Sheed Sneed he is a very, very good cornerback, but Dolphins are going to have to throw to keep pace. Um, Waddle himself coming off his best week last week, seven catches for a buck 21 on 12 targets and a score. 
And last thing is I found an interesting trend here. So the Chiefs do pretty well against wide receiver ones. So here's some samples here. So back to week four, all the way back to week four, you had Garrett Wilson held to 60 yards. Their number two, which in my case we've been talking about would be Jalen Waddle, but the number two in, in New York is Lazard, who had more yards. He had 61 yards. Week five, that's the game J.J. got hurt. He was held down. Yes, he got hurt. That's the game that Addison kind of had his coming out, had 64 yards in a score. Week seven, they held Keenan Allen, the wide receiver, one to 55 yards. Josh Palmer had 133 yards as the wide receiver, two. And then last week, Sutton, who I guess you can consider to be their number one, had only 29 yards. And Judy, who I guess would be the two, had 50 yards. So I'm not saying Tyreek Hill is going to be held down, but they do struggle against wide receiver twos. I'm taking the discount. I'm taking Jalen Waddle. I got to get back in the win column real bad. What do you got this week? Uh, same game. Uh, other team, though. I've got Travis Kelsey over seven and a half catches because it's wow. going to be an absolute shootout. And Mahomes cannot trust anybody else. That receiving core is dreadful but they're going to need to throw, 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 throw. And this game is going to, whatever the over-under is, go over. It's going way over. Um, I really play. hope so. I really hope so. We need that. We need that. And, and you know, how good would that be for the NFL? Let's get a ton of points in Germany. Absolutely. That would be so fun. Um, Kelsey's had eight or more targets in every game, and uh, this is going to be no different. He's going to catch eight balls or more. And uh, I don't really care who wins the game. It's going to be fun to watch, though. <laughs> it better be a lot of points. The way this NFL season's gone is this is going to be a game that's like 13 to 10 final score. Ever. <laughs> I am curious to see how all these people in Germany dress. They're going to be hammered party. It is, it is really fun to watch the games in London or Germany. Like I, You look at the fans and they're, most of them are just like belligerent and partying. I don't really know if they know what's going on, but they're just having a good time and it's fun to watch. Okay. I'm sure they all know that Travis Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift, though. They definitely know that. I, I see a big game for him, too. I hopefully see a big game for everybody in, in a good match on Sunday morning. Okay. So two good segments left. Before that, though, we do have one more partnership that we'd like to talk about, and that is our partnership with SeatGeek. So if you guys want to go see, I don't know if you want to go to Germany this weekend, but if you want to see your favorite teams here in the States, if you will, or even go see a concert or your fantasy stars or any really sport, Use our promo code, guys, Injury Fantasy. It's literally free money we're giving you guys. $20 off your total purchase by using SeatGeek and putting in the promo code Injury Fantasy. It works for everything. Go check it out, guys. Definitely worth it. Free 20 bucks for you. On to the Vampire Diaries. So this is my Vampire League. And just a real quick recap of what the league is, because you guys at home, I don't care how many times you've heard it, you have to try this league. It's super fun. There's 12 teams in the league. One person's the vampire. 11 teams get to draft. The vampire does not get to pick his team. He has to just make a team based off waivers, um, you know, off the random people on the waiver wire. If the vampire wins, the vampire gets to pick up anybody that he wants from the other team, steal a player. If the vampire loses, he or she gets first priority of waivers. I am the vampire this year. I am currently Tom. Unfortunately, we took the L last week. Vin Vento kicked my ass. We're dropping a couple, dropped two in a row, uh, down to five and three. And I didn't even have roster space. So I picked up a kicker for this week because there was nobody I could drop and nobody that was really good out there. But again, I'm on a little cold streak. 
I played Justin Morick's team this week, whose team is, is pretty much ass cheeks. So all he has is Lamar Jackson, and I already have Tua, but I think I would rather Lamar. And he has Garrett Wilson. But problem is I have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Pukunakua, Nico Collins, Chris Olave. So, like, I don't know. I do hope I get the win. I'd probably steal Lamar, uh, but I will update you guys as soon as possible. That brings us to our final segment, and it is our trivia. And this one, Tom, is a multiple-choice question because I'm giving my students a test tomorrow. So I was in the test spirit. Last week's question, by the way, the answer was, the one and only FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, was the one who vetoed the most, also created the most executive orders. That'll be a lesson for another time. But here we go, a multiple choice question for you. In which decade, in the spirit of Halloween, in which decade did trick-or-treating become popular? And popular, I mean like it basically became a thing. A, the 1930s. B, the 1940s. C, the 1950s. D the 1960s. Tom, why don't you take a guess live on our on our air here? Excuse me. Why not? When did trick or treating become a thing? Um, it's got to correlate with when obesity in America started ramping up. So I'm going to take <laughs> what? I'm going to take as late as possible and go with the 60s. <laughs> okay, uh, that is an interesting response. We will uh, reveal, Tom. That is awesome. We'll reveal the answer next week. Um, all right, man. Awesome show. Uh, right on the money there. It was really, really fun to record. And thank you guys for being here so much. We have so much fun doing this. We hope you guys enjoy our show. Wish you luck this week in week nine. And we'll see you guys next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.